Welcome to EdPod, connecting educational research and classroom teaching with Drs. Eric Claraval and Darren Battaglia. Episode 10, Can You Check Me Now? Formative Assessment in Math. Well, hello, Eric. Hello, Darren. Welcome back. How was your summer? It was a blast, and 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 it, I just keep on re- you know reliving that that moment of two and a half months of of uh, wonderlust around the world. So, uh, you know, I yeah, I had a great time. <laughs> great, and now you're a professor, an official professor, full time, full time assistant professor. Yes. Okay. Well, now I feel honored to talk to you. My pleasure. And And it's still the same. It hasn't changed, you know. (laughs) What I'm excited about tonight is that we're going to talk about formative assessment. It's a word that I, when I first started teaching, it's something that was always thrown off as, uh, you know, thrown out formative assessment and summative assessment. And it took me, I think, a few years to really understand Mm what it is and sometimes i think people use it differently yeah i I Um, think we need to fully understand here the difference between assessment and testing because sometimes you know teachers are still mix them up and and then we can move on to what is formative assessment and how is that different from summative assessment so let's mention the article first and go back and do definitions. And the article we're talking about today is a study from 2011. It's titled Differential Improvement in Student Understanding of Mathematical Principles Following Formative Assessment Intervention, and it's from the Journal of Educational Research. The authors are Phelan, Choi, Vendlinsky, Baker, and Herman. Now, the researchers in this study implemented a program of formative assessment among 85 sixth grade teachers and over 4,000 students, so it's pretty substantial. The treatment students took a series of formative assessments designed by the co-authors and uh, accompanied it by a framework of short instruction on key sixth grade concepts that support algebra. The teachers also received some professional development. The checks for understanding by the students were designed as an augmentation of the curriculum already in place at the schools and not uh, something to replace the curriculum. And they were uh, something that could be given over just a few class periods during the course of the entire school year. The researchers found that there were larger gains among treatment students who began the year with higher pretest scores, something that I think will We'll talk about a little bit later on. And that the treatment students also had some higher gains uh, in some certain key concepts in um, those ideas that supported algebra. Now, back to our definitions. What is the difference between assessment and testing? Um, I think the testing is, is, is a process of measuring what you know and what you don't know. So assessment is a process of understanding your learning and what we can do to to improve that learning process and usually when we talk about assessment it doesn't necessarily mean it's it's i mean it's it's not just 
focused on standardized tests. But when we use testing, it's always, you know, we think about standardized or, or it's um, evaluative, you know. Yeah, there's a monitoring aspect of testing, mm -hmm. you know, that mm -hmm. goes on in schools that we, we always yeah. think of. Yeah, we always think of standards and we think of what's, what the, um, you know, state or federal government is, is imposing upon schools. Right, right. But with, but with assessment, um, not necessarily so. That's more of a day-to-day -day process that we might be doing in our classrooms. Right, and it's, it's more attached to teaching. Yeah, teaching and, and learning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, then, and then we have these two forms of assessment. Is it formative assessment or summative assessment? Well, in fact, some other scholars are arguing that you know, there is a spectrum from, from full formative assessment to full summative assessment, and then there's this in between. So my understanding of formative assessment is something that is, is, is a type of assessment that would tell you uh, where you are in your learning, where you uh, need to go, and how you need to get there. You just, you just exactly describe what formative assessment is. So I'm just going to add on to that, that formative assessment has an element of, um, of feedback. So you're assessing for learning. So because you want to know where the child is, and then that informs your te teaching. And so you go back to the child again and provide feedback to improve the learning process. So it's not just for the teacher to be able to know those things, but it's also for the learner to mm -hmm. be able to be to reflect on their own uh, their own learning, their own knowledge, and with respect to that standard or reflect to the expectation. Absolutely, and I think formative assessment has a double-edged sword. Yeah. Um, what do I mean by that? So, from a child's perspective, it's it's for me to understand what I'm learning and for me to understand what I know and what I need to know and how I can improve my learning. From a teacher's perspective, it's it's a feedback on your own teaching processes and, and how can you improve your pedagogy so that the students will continue to learn that specific topic that you're discussing. So then how is all this different than summative assessment? Well, summative assessment is always, you know, you would you give the the assessment at the end of the unit. But formative assessment is is anywhere. You know, it could be in between, it could be before and after. So it's it's more of a process than the end goal is to assess you at the end of the unit. But I do talk about this with my students because like a lot of teachers, you know, this forms part of my grading system is to use different formative assessment pieces and summative assessment pieces. But I, my way of explanation, which I heard from a, another teacher, is to think of it like sports. Formative assessment is, is practice. When you have those practice days and you're working on those specific skills in math, we have, we have to practice every day. We, uh, but summative assessment is game day. We have our, our tests are our game day, but formative assessment are our homeworks, our quizzes that we take in between, uh, the uh, the classwork and notes that we do. That's that's when we're practicing all our skills. 
to get better. And then we can kind of know how we're doing. But when we have a, our big game, it all comes together. That's our test. That's our, our, our summative assessment. Right. Um, and, you know, there are many kinds of, of formative assessment. You know, classroom talk is, is an informal formative assessment because there you are gauging the student's critical thinking or, 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 or when the child articulates his ideas, you kind of gauge that, oh, this kid knows the topic. He gets the idea based on what I heard from her. So that is a form of formative assessment. So I think I think um, the the major misconception about formative assessment is there should be an artifact, physical artifact that proves that the child is learning. No. So just like like what I mentioned earlier, classroom talk, classroom discussion is a form of formative assessment. When, when, when students are collaborating with each other and then you, the teachers walk around, you look at them, you listen to them. Oh, okay, so this group is doing fine. That is formative assessment. So it's, it's an incumbent upon the teacher to, you know, to record that conversation if you want to have, a, you know, a physical artifact of, of the classroom. So then, then you can include that as part of the student's per- portfolio. In this article... I think they approach formative assessment in in a way that we typically hear of more within the schools when we're taking PD that's directed from a school district. Mm -hmm. And that is that when we are given uh, testing information, the results of tests, we as teachers are supposed to use that uh, in some way. So it's that that part of formative assessment when it's um, here's where a student is. Now here's how you get them where they should be. So it's more it's it's the teacher focused part of formative assessment, and that bridging the gap part of formative assessment. That seems to be sort of where they're approaching the specific point of formative assessment. And not to forget that part of 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 their theoretical framework is that um, the the importance of feedback. Um, well, to them. Feedback is an important component of formative assessment, and when you provide feedback, it has to, or it must be accompanied by clear criteria and high quality, high quality feedback from the teacher. And it's a little bit unclear exactly the nature, I, uh, the nature of those changes of that instruction. Uh, at least I'm not clear exactly how the analysis of the data that they're. Um, getting but essentially what they're doing is that they uh actually why don't you can you explain the study so the result of this study is is disappointing because they did not find any significant difference between the control group and an experimental group but what is interesting um finding is that when they went back to the pretest and they looked at the students with high score and then compared it to their post-test, they found out that those students who had been high, higher enough, they, they were the ones who were benefited from, from this intervention. And just like what you, you mentioned, you know, it's like a Matthew effect. The rich get richer. Yeah, so the students who were already doing well 
you know, did did benefit, but this, but in general, there was really no significant effect. Is that what we are, we're reading here? Yes, and that's that's how I understood the study, um, and and one of the reasons why they thought that that there is no significant difference is that because of the short amount of time um, uh, that they provide for these kids. Uh, and the second, which is related to the first one, is because maybe the task was um, complicated and and they thought that it needs more time, more scaffold, and more practice for everyone to benefit in this kind of um, intervention. So the assessment itself was uh, was com- uh, was a complex task. Mm-hmm. Not that the, um, not that what was being measured was necessarily complex, but the assessment was complex. Is that what the assessment was complex? Yes, okay. and um, you know, there's they they created the transfer skills, and apparently, it was not generalized into this transfer test that they they used. So the transfer test is kind of like their post test. Okay. Um, and and they've seen no significant difference between control and experimental group. Okay. But my my also one of my question here is that, and it's 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 I'm I'm I I still don't understand why they call this a formative assessment intervention. So so that is basically um, maybe a theoretical question. Because it's just hard for me as a, as a teacher, it's just hard for me to understand an assessment to be an intervention. But then again, this is a formative assessment where you're embedding the the feedback, and 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 there is this learning progression. Um, I don't think some I guess of the. That's, I don't think what's not explained very well is the professional development aspect that was received by the teachers because mm-hmm. what is explained is that is the the various steps of the checks for understanding what what the intervention that students received so the students received um you know as we explain those those various different steps and i and i want to go back to those steps because i think that is the most important piece of this um article and that we can we can definitely translate that into practice and to me this is the contribution of this article to the field of um, education and right. as far uh, as teaching and learning are concerned but I think what's missing it, it, from this article is the deeper explanation of what the professional development consisted of mm-hmm. and what I'm gathering and it's just not mentioned in here it seems like there's a proprietary product that's mentioned on one or two lines of, of how they're um, analyzing the results of the formative assessment, and mm-hmm. I think that the the training, the professional development they that they received was how to use that proprietary product, mm-hmm. and through using that, they they were then able to um, receive training in how to um, adjust some some aspect of their instruction. That was the professional development. So the control. So that was the uh, treatment group of teachers. Right. Then the control group of teachers received 
alternative forms of professional development that did not uh, uh, have a, that did not take into account the formative assessment um, that uh, the the students were taking. So they were not able to utilize the information from the formative assessment. So I think because that's missing. Um, it's a little bit hard to gauge the impact of the professional development piece. All we're left with is um, kind of a framework for the student intervention piece. True, and and that's where I want to talk about this framework that um, that teachers can use, and and you as a math teacher can definitely use this. What do you think? Oh yeah, no, I think it's I think it's great. You know, I mean, from the classroom teacher point of view, it's a it's a very it's a nice structure to begin to think about how you can you know change their instruction they have those five steps as we mentioned giving students some sort of initial check for understanding about what you're doing and some classroom activities um, a second check and then that third and final uh, sort of follow-up or i think actually it's a third and fourth but and it, this is goes and this is not to change the overall instruction that you have, but it, it's, mm-hmm. it needs to fit within your own you know, curricular framework. So as a, as a framework for, you know, for what I'm doing as a math teacher, if I, if I know that I should be putting in some sort of structure for formative assessment and then looking at that um, within a unit of instruction, say, I think that's very helpful for how I might look at my teaching and my students' learning. Um, these five very simple, straightforward steps. It's that piece that I, I'm just mentioning that is not here, which is actually, okay, now I've got these five simple steps. Now what? Now what do I do with it? That I would need more uh, training or professional development on to, to t- take it to the next level. And and I think this this procedure that they um, mentioned in the article is actually it's, it's actually not it's it's not just applicable to math but also to language arts and history and in fact when I was reading this article I just thought like oh you know what I what I like about the procedure is that giving the students um, multiple exposure to the task if if the first attempt was not successful, and this is where you provide formative assessment, provide them feedback, and let's go back. And, and here's another um, reading material and you use the same strategy. I want you to do that. And, and then I'll get back to you and, and, and let's talk about it. So there is this ex- certain degree of explicitness in the instruction. At the same time, it's a... Um, repetition of, of um, a specific skill or or making sure that that they understood one specific concept and and you do this through that feedback there's this feedback loop you you know you provide that formative assessment go back do it again and then we confer and then as a teacher I'll assess you whether you get the uh, the concept or not, and if it's not, and if it's not, so then here's another task. I want you to do it again, and on and on. So it's it's like a a, a progression of learning. So as, as the students 
keep working on that, honing that specific skill, you're providing them ample exercises or multiple exposure. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I, it, it's 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 flexible. The only thing I'm saying is um, more specificity in terms of the actual teaching strategies or how how I as a teacher should respond. So, for example, mm-hmm. that third that third step here in this framework: administer a second check for understanding, focusing on con- on conceptual understanding. It's a 15 minute. Uh, procedure and then follow up instruction if necessary. How do I know if follow up instruction is necessary? What is it about the that second check for understanding that will let me know uh, if it's necessary? What part of conceptual understanding will I need to focus on? Uh, how do I read the results of that uh, check for understanding? You know those sorts of details of, of reading the results and then you know, specific steps to uh, instruct. Uh, if necessary, and making a decision that's that would be helpful to for me to be able to um, to then respond. I I just I don't want it to stop there. From the from my perspective as a teacher, mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. be able to feel comfortable in getting some some data, and then and then now doing something with it. And I think that's really what the that I would think that is the main. Um, significance of this article is by saying you know we we're swimming in data but the thing is we always we don't always know what to do with it but what do you think are you gonna is do you, do you think you're gonna try this one? Oh, i'm willing to yeah to have that framework here i think that's mm-hmm. helpful for me yeah because i i think that i i myself am swimming in data too <laughs> but uh-huh. probably to have a little bit more of a systematic way of 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 organizing it i definitely would be willing to, to try that. Um, that yeah. So that it is a help. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually excited about this um, framework that I'm definitely going to use this. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about writing a research proposal um, for my historical thinking project. And, and I feel like this is exactly what I want to incorporate in the intervention especially when you deal with students with learning disabilities or students who are struggling to, to learn. And I, I like the structure. And, um, and as I said, I like that um, giving them multiple times of, of you know, exposing them to, to the materials. And, and if it's not just the materials, but, but move, you know, moving that, breaking down this big concept into different chunks and then it's just gonna um it's it's like forming you know shaping shaping the students knowledge and skills for them to be able to to reach that that final step of 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 um, that learning process in, in that particular time well said professor thank you it's good to be back, and it's great to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Until next time, then. Bye. You can find out more about the show and us at edpod.tv. There you can read show notes and give us suggestions. If you like what you hear, tell your friends and rate us on iTunes. If you don't like what you hear, tell no one except us. We're on Twitter at RealEdPod. 
Join our Zotero group for complete citations of all articles mentioned on the show. Our theme music is Time by Drake Stafford. See you next time. Thank you.